The Israel Report with Rolene Marks. Oh, so much happening on the Middle Eastern front, especially in the Holy Land. Uh, yeah, we can't exactly look at everything, so uh, we will be focusing on three specific things today. Joining us from Israel, our Israel correspondent, Rolene Marks. Rolene, very good afternoon to you. Thank you for joining us. A very good afternoon to you too. And uh, yeah, let's without further ado, because there's quite a bit to unpack here. Let's start with the Prime Minister Netanyahu um, and King Abdullah meeting in Amman. This is quite a breakthrough. In fact, if I, if I should dare ask, is this the first time that such a meeting has ever taken place on such a high leadership level? Uh, this is not the first time that uh, such a meeting has taken place, but given some of the tensions in recent months, it, it's uh, an extremely important meeting. So yesterday, Prime Minister Netanyahu flew to Amman, the capital of Jordan, to meet with His Majesty King Abdullah. Now, of course, Israel has had peace with Jordan for over two decades now. And uh, up for discussion were regional issues, security, economic cooperation, strategic cooperation, not just for our two countries, but also for the greater region. And while they were speaking, the prime minister did give the king reassurance that Israel will do everything in our power to maintain the status quo on the Temple Mount. The Temple Mount is a flashpoint, and in recent weeks, we've seen an increased amount of tension. You and I have discussed Itamar Ben-Gavir's uh, ascending the Temple Mount just a couple of weeks ago, and the ricochet effect that had around the world. And then last week, there was that uh, diplomatic kerfuffle when the Jordanian ambassador to Israel ascended the Temple Mount, but was blocked from entering the Al-Aqsa, according to some reports. Uh, he, he then left, saying that uh, he was forbidden from going in. Israeli police said it was um, fake news, uh, that the requisite security coordination hadn't been taken place, and uh, he, he then went back to the Temple Mount. All things were, were good. But uh, it's so important that we have these meetings between the king and Prime Minister Netanyahu, and they both remarked on the importance and the strength of the friendship between the two countries. So all the right optics, mm-hmm. all the right sound bites. Okay, well, that's how it looks so far. And, okay, you did mention that uh, this isn't the first time that such a high, high leadership on both sides has ever met. But uh, do, do, you, do you think now that these are positive signs, given the election of the new government, that this, besides the discussion on the status quo on Temple Mount and other religious issues, that this can lead to more amicable relations between Israel and Jordan? I think so. I think that we are heading in the right direction, provided that some protagonists behave themselves. I mean, uh, no sooner than this had this meeting taken place, we had Itamar Ben-Gavir meeting uh, with Prime Minister Netanyahu earlier today. And uh, we don't know too much of what was said. I would imagine that the Prime Minister impressed upon him just to be aware that uh, the Temple Mount is sensitive. And while Jews do go up onto the Temple Mount, it is understood that, uh, you know, taking into account the specific sensitivities that affect over a billion Muslims around the world, that ministers in the government don't ascend the Temple Mount, 
especially provocative ministers. Sure. And uh, Itamar Ben-Gavir's response to the Prime Minister is, with all due respect to Jordan, Israel is an independent country. I went up mm-hmm. the Temple Mount and I will continue to go up the Temple Mount. So uh, some very, we would say, undiplomatic behavior <laughs> Uh, all well, things considered by Mr. Ben Gavir. Well, let's just see now how things will transpire so following this meeting. Let's just hope that that will just remain amicable and peaceful between nations. Moving on, uh, Rolene, uh, President Herzog, well, in light of what's been, what's been happening on the uh, political front in Israel, he is now on an official visit to the European Union. What is the main objective there? Well, he is going to give a keynote address to the European Parliament. This will be a special gathering of the the Parliament in Brussels ahead of International Holocaust Remembrance Day, which is on the 27th of January. That is the day that the UN have designated uh, that coincides with the liberation of the Auschwitz death camp. And we'll speak about it more in detail tomorrow, mm-hmm. maybe even with some updates from the president's speech. Sure. But he is there in an official capacity. And apart from giving this uh, special address in, in parliament, he is also there to talk about the Iranian threat as well as the Israelis that are still being held captive by Hamas in the Gaza Strip with European Union uh, leaders. Well, certainly uh, I, I, can, I can imagine he's there to allay any fears and concerns about the newly elected government considered the most right-wing in history and uh, relations with the EU at this point in time. Well, when the Lapid government uh, wrapped up the uh, agreements, the working group between foreign ministers, uh, what that agreement was re-entered into, and it's something that we really hope will will carry on into this government. Mm-hmm. But uh, there are real concerns. Uh, this is something that this government are going to have to face from some of their EU partners. That as much as we want to continue cooperation, and Israel certainly has a lot to give uh, to the European Union countries, uh, they have a lot of reservations, something we've been hearing about a lot in, in the last couple of weeks. Uh, and this government is going to have to do a lot more than just talk to allay concerns. They are going to have to act to allay concerns. Well, let's see how the, his visit now is going to cement ties with the European Union. Probably, perhaps we'll be chatting more about this tomorrow or into next week. Really, let's move on to this bipartisan congressional letter which is calling on the United Nations to remove a special rapporteur over anti-Semitic comments. Now, something's ringing a bell here with me. Has this got anything to do with Francesca Albanese? It has everything to do with yeah. Francesca. We've spoken, we've spoken about it before. About. <laughs> yes. I thought bells were ringing there. Right. So what's going on here now? <laughs> well, ding, 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 ding. There we go. Uh, we spoke about it a couple of weeks ago that That's right. the Times of Israel had published this expose which uh, exposed some of the repugnant comments that Albanese, who is the special rapporteur uh, with the mandate to look uh, after the interests of the Palestinians and uh, she is tasked basically with investigating Israeli activities in the Palestinian territories that is quoting directly from her mandate and she has a history of uh, anti-Semitic tweets and anti-Semitic comments and um, she has not issued 
any kind of apology, nor has she faced any repercussions from the United Nations. This is very similar to what we have seen coming from other special rapporteurs and commissioners from the UN who tweet out the most vile, hateful, anti-Semitic hate speech and, and barely get a, a rap on the knuckles. So 11 members of Congress, these are bipartisan members of Congress and no Rashida Tlaib and AOC and what's the other one, um, Ilan Omar are not part of the signatories have written to Antonio Guterres, he's the UN Secretary General, calling for her dismissal, saying enough is enough. You know, some of the comments that she has made include accusations that Israel controls the BBC and the Jewish state started wars out of greed. You know, it's all this uh, medieval protocols type anti-Semitism. So uh, included in the letter, I'm going to read a little bit of it out for you. Of course. Uh, the, le- the letter is clearly states, I've just got to look, try and zoom in on it. It says, um, we write to you today to express our opposition to Ms. Francesca Albanese continuing to serve as the UN Special Rapporteur on the situation of human rights in the Palestinian territories. As you know, reporting recently unearthed an open letter written by Special Rapporteur Albanese that contained outrageous anti-Semitic statements in the open letter which she solicited funds for UNRWA during the 2014 conflict between Israel and terror group Hamas. She made the outrageous allegations that America and Europe, one of them subjugated by the Jewish lobby and the other by a sense of guilt about the Holocaust, remain on the sidelines. I mean, it's just extraordinary. And... uh, um, uh, the letter goes on to say, because you know there's a, a few more examples, instead of taking responsibility for repeating age-old anti-Semitic tropes uh, and her incitement to violence, Albanese attacks those who notice her public comments, falsely claiming her comments were mischaracterized as anti-Semitic. You have stated there is no room for anti-Semitism in the UN, but it seems you do, you do have room for special rapporteur Albanese and others who have made statements that are anti-Semitic. Failure to make meaning, to take meaningful action on repeated instances of anti-Semitism by UN officials undermines the UN's credibility. We urge you to demonstrate that the UN is capable of genuinely addressing anti-Semitism by removing Ms. Albanese from her post. And it's amazing, really, in what you just outlined now. One can question, well, the supposed or expected partiality from the United Nations. That, of course, will be for another discussion another time. But, Rowling, we're going to have to end it there right now. Always great to chat to you. Uh, enjoy the rest of your day and have a blessed evening. Rowling Marks, our correspondent from Israel giving us the latest on what's happening in that part of the world.